You're listening to Steady Picks Radio. Steady Picks is your source for industry-leading sports betting data and the latest news and information to help you bet smarter and start winning. Go to www.steadypicks.com to learn all the ways that you can listen to Steady Picks Radio and let our expert hosts help you win some money. Remember, betting is more fun when you win. Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Welcome back into the show. Happy Thursday morning, April the 13th. And today, a little bit of NASCAR, what we're going to cover for today. The NOCO 400, which is at Martinsville, a short track this week. And uh, we've got probably a few, we've got 6.1 units at risk here uh probably a bit too much i went a little crazy got out of control we'll talk about that here in a moment but uh we'll see we'll see likely too many outright bets and probably too many top 10 bets too you just got to think about it you know i was betting all these i was thinking i had you know edges on all these bets and i'm betting them and whatever and you got to stop and think and say okay I just bet six guys to get top 10. (laughs) Like, is that really going to happen? Am I going to pick the top 10, like, almost exactly correct? You just have to be careful with it. So, uh, we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, Baseball yesterday, 0-3 in baseball. Um, uh, Bears. The Cubs looked fine. It was 2-2. It was 2-1 for a while. They They were winning. Um, and they just fell apart late in the game. They lose to the Seattle Mariners. Cincinnati Reds lose 4-5. They had a chance to win that game the whole way. They gave up a run in the bottom of the eighth, but uh, they were tied going into that. And, uh, you know, overall for a plus 225 dog, I'd say that was pretty darn good. And then the under... Four and a half, first five. Really good closing line value on this one. Um, But ultimately, just didn't matter. Two runs in the first for for the Reds. Two runs in the second for the Braves. Everybody gets runs in the third, and it was all over. Which is a shame. I actually really liked that play, but... um, so be it. So 0 and 3 in baseball. That is okay. We're still doing just fine. Um no plays today. Didn't have time to look at it. Um was working on NASCAR. And that's the problem with doing baseball every single day is it's just really difficult to do. Really, really difficult. But uh tomorrow we will most certainly do baseball. If anything comes up that I bet baseball, at least that I'm going to talk about, and I should put it this way, like 
we do this show pretty early because I like it to be out for time when time by the time people get up to get ready for their days and they can put it on and they can listen to it for 15, 20 minutes and it's great. Um, but that doesn't give me a whole lot of time to work on things in the morning before the show unless I want to wake up at 2 a.m. Uh, the other wrinkle of it is I could, yeah, you could say, Tom, why don't you just do it, you know, the night before? It's no big deal. Well, then a lot of the numbers that I'm getting are not available and what, who the hell wants to listen to somebody talk about their favorite plays and all the numbers are no longer available or maybe better in some cases. And then I look, um, I won't say I look stupid, but it's like, uh, that line moved against them. That line moved against them. So those are all the things that you have to think about when you have a, a show and you're making content for this stuff. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, didn't have time for baseball this morning. If I, when I run the model later, if I make any bets, I will tweet them out on Twitter. It's at SteadyPicks underscore Tom. I've always said I'm probably one of the few people that when I tell you to put the notifications on for me, I probably mean it. I don't tweet very often, maybe once a day. And that's all you get is whatever, you know, the show from this morning and the article, and that's really about all that I tweet. So that's my recommendation to make sure if I do tweet up uh, a pick or something that you get it. Um, also in the NASCAR world, the um, and we've talked to these guys on Twitter a little bit. The stacking Denny's guys, um, they always do a long form podcast every week about NASCAR. It's gotten less and less betting related over the last six weeks, eight weeks. But it's still a pretty good show. Um, I So one of the guys on there, uh, Nick Giffen, I uh, was listening to it because I enjoy them. And they started talking about Formula One. And he went off on this tangent about how Formula One is boring and it's not competitive and uh, it really was just an absolute tangent. And I, I typed up about six ways to tweet him and say, dude, love the podcast, but that take was just asinine. And uh, I, I ultimately never hit send. I did not send it. Because I don't want to um, burn any bridges and there's no reason to, to call him out on it. But we'll talk about it here for a moment. Um, behind his back, right? <laughs> no, but there's just no need to like, you know, must have been having a bad afternoon and wanted to poke the bear and just get in a fight for no reason. That's what happens to most people. But he was talking about how Formula One isn't very competitive and, you know, Max Verstappen's so good and there's no reason to watch. And um, I personally think the product of Formula One is leagues above NASCAR. And I'm not just saying that because I have to puff my chest that, you know, he said the opposite, so I got to I gotta step in and defend Formula One. But when you look at Formula One, the structure of the teams, two drivers per team, 10 teams, 20 racers in total, 
that formula works really, really well. It's interesting. It's intense. Guys are fighting for seats. The team aspect is very clear. Like in NASCAR, there really is no like tension raised by having teammates near each other. And like, who are the teammates is the other part of it. Is it all the Fords, all the Chevys, all the Toyotas? Is it, you know, Penske, RCR? What is it? Is it the racing teams? Is it the manufacturers? Is it both? Maybe it's both. I guess it is a little bit of both. But it's not very clear as to like, okay, this is the team I want to root for. And not everything has to be a team, but, you know, I think in Formula One, there's people that, oh, I, you know, I love Red Bull. I love Ferrari. I love Hess. If anybody says that, I kind of like the Hess guys because they're the only, you know, somewhat American team owned anyway. Uh, But anyway, I just think the structure of Formula One tends to be much, much better. I think the points, the way that the points work, it makes more sense. The the NASCAR playoff thing is just an absolute joke of how confusing it is. Uh, Formula One ratings increase for the last three years, increasing worldwide, drastically increasing. The broadcast of Formula One is so much better. If you have not watched a Formula One broadcast, go watch one just to see how sports should be broadcasted. Like, just watch for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and don't even listen to what they're saying. Just soak in the experience that they're that they're presenting. It's on ESPN+. Plus. There's not a single damn commercial for the whole race. The guys are excited. They have excellent insight. They have guys down on on the on uh, in the paddock that are walking around, talking to people, talking to drivers, talking to principals of the teams. Um, just really, really good stuff. No commercials. Right to business. Fantastic. It is the best broadcast of any sports event that I've really ever watched. That was the first thing that stood out to me with Formula. And then uh, on the other side of it, you could say, yeah, it's not very competitive. You know, Max Verstappen wins everything. And that may be true. Um, but I think there's still competition to be had, especially for, you know, second place and third place and so on and so forth. But the teams uh, are also fighting for something bigger too, right? Like the rest of Red Bull needs to, Sergio Perez needs to still race well if the team wants to win the championship. So I think that that element of individual and team standings and points uh it's very interesting and it's very it's a great story, it's a great thing to follow. And it makes the races competitive whether Max Verstappen wins the rest of the races of the season or not. <coughs> I also just think from a and this is going to make real NASCAR people mad, but from just a driving perspective, I mean, can you even, can you even compare the, the two? I mean, the formula one guys are so talented. That is so hard to do. And I'm not suggesting 
NASCAR is not difficult to do, but I got to imagine it's much easier than Formula One. I have to imagine. Have to. Uh, and, and that's no reason that Formula One should really be better than NASCAR or vice versa. I don't think that that's really a valid reason for something to be better, but I don't know. I just think the racing, the quality of the racing is a little bit better as well. The guys race clean. You know, and some and a lot of people like the bumping in NASCAR. I get it. They like that, pushing people out of the way and whatever. But um I prefer a nice clean race with skill, not just plowing somebody out of the way. Uh which doesn't happen that much, to be honest. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. He talked about all the opposite things about how NASCAR is so much better and IndyCar talking about IndyCar, I said, guy. Nobody watches IndyCar, and no one cares about IndyCar. Like, not even a little bit. So please stop saying IndyCar is better than Formula One because no one cares about IndyCar. I haven't heard somebody say they watched an IndyCar race in years. And I talk to people who are in tune with sports on a daily basis. No one talks about IndyCar racing. No one. So get that. That was the part where I started getting angry. I'm like, no offense to the IndyCar guys. I bet they're they're great drivers. No offense at all. But as just being popular and something that I want to watch, like, come on. Am I really going to sit and watch IndyCar before I sit and watch Formula One? That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um. Okay. Guess we should talk about our bets here. I have one, two, three, oh boy, twelve bets to go over. We'll go through them relatively quickly so that we're not here all day. But twelve bets to go over today. One, two, three, four, five, six outrights and six uh, matchups and top tens. So we'll start with the outrights. Um, oh, we'll start with the track. How about that? The NoCo. 400 at Martinsville. Short track, very short track. The guys that are good here are always good here. If you look at the model and some of the guys that, that rank towards the top, I mean, there's a clear trend on who's good at that sh- at this track and are at, the, at short tracks and who's not. There's a handful of guys that have led a ton of laps over the last three years at Martinsville. And outside of that, there's nobody else, really. Those guys include Joey Logano, William Byron, Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell has a handful, uh, Martin Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin, who actually led the most laps in the last three years but it's actually not that high on the model. Believe that or not. I don't uh, quite know what that's about, but he actually doesn't rank all that high. His green flag speed and his total speed really were, were pretty low. I'm assuming that has something to do with him 
leading so many laps. Um, but that data only pulls from last year, right? The two races from last year. So it very well could be kind of that he had a bad couple of races, in which case maybe he should be down there. Um, so those are the guys that sit at the top. And those are a lot of the guys that I've, that I've got. Um, Joey Logano earlier in the week was minus 150 for a top 10. That was an absolute steal. Nick uh, Giffen and that crew did tweet that out as well. Um, that's a Now it's minus 225. So that's a lot of the reason I wanted to shift NASCAR to Wednesday and golf to Tuesday so that we could be ahead of some of those moves um, because it is important, especially in a high hold market that NASCAR is. But I'm still working on that. We got to just get in the swing of things for the week a little bit uh, quicker and sooner. So the outrights that I have this week are William Byron at plus 750. That's at Barstool. Ryan Blaney, 12 to 1 at Barstool as well. I have Alex Bowman on BetMGM. 25 to 1. Eric Almarola, 50 to 1 at BetMGM. Excuse me, at BetMGM. Uh, Austin Dillon, 60 to 1 at uh, Barstool. And then finally, Joey Logano, 9 to 1. At, uh, where did I bet that? BetMGM as well, 9 to 1. So I've got, you know, Two of the shorter shots. I've got a guy in between, and then I've got a couple of, you know, longer shot guys to get it done. Uh, and, you know, Joey Logano just ranks so high here that I have to put him in there, even if it's a bad number. Kind of the same with William Byron. Just ranks so damn high here. I have to put him in. Those guys are number one and two, and it's not really even close. The, the jump down to, um, like, Ryan Blaney and Kyle Larson even, and then down to Christopher Bell, that that jump is monstrous. Uh, so happy to have Logano and Byron. And then we throw in Blaney just in case. And the reason I like Blaney is if we look at, you know, the speed stats last year, he was third in in the league for the speed, right behind Lugano and Byron. Uh, you also look at just his history at this course in the last three years, four top fives, that's fantastic, but has not won. His average rating in the last three years at this track is just as good as Joey Logano's. It's second best, and it's not even close uh, to the next person. And basically that takes into account your average finishing position um, and where you ran the race at. So average finish for Blaney at this track in the last three years, 5.5. That is awesome. Joey Logano, 5.2. Other than that, though, I was trying to see if there was anybody else that really stood out to me as, like, finishing well that 
wasn't the stats like weren't necessarily there. And I, you know, I really didn't find anybody other than guys that maybe raced one time. Uh, you could, of course, look at the last three years at the track type. That might be helpful. Denny Hamlin kind of pops up there as he's a little bit lower. Brad Keselowski, Kyle Busch, they're all like in the 12 to 13 range. But uh, ultimately, I think taking the top three guys in the model is always going to be a good idea, and I don't have to... Um, don't overthink it, I think, is the, the what I'm trying to get at. Is like, don't overthink it. Um, Austin Dillon ranks really high for me. He, he was uh, third in speed, the speed stats, um, last year. And I think that's pretty darn good. I boosted him up the, the list on the model pretty, pretty well. Um, one top five here, three top 20s in the last uh, three years. Did lead a couple of laps at some point. Average finish position of 20th, uh, but I think that's a bit of unfortunate luck. 16.4 at this track type. He's got two top fives at this track, short tracks. And uh, he was kind of my sleeper guy that I that I really liked that not a lot of people uh, are going to talk about. Austin Dillon this week, I don't, I don't believe so. Alex Bohm and Eric Almirola. Eric Almirola might get talked about a little bit. Uh, if we go to him, Eric Almarola. Yeah, speed stats are really good. Um, you look at three top tens in the last three years at this track, five top twenties. So I think uh, they've done this track seven times in the last three years. Eh, it might be six. Yeah, it's six. They do it twice a year. So. Five out of the six, he's in the top 20. Three out of the six, he's in the top 10. That's pretty darn good. This track type, he's got a top five, seven top tens, which is just excellent. Rating there is really good. The speed stats look good to me. And uh, ultimately, he ranked a little bit higher than I expected and definitely high enough to kind of give him a shot. Uh, his current form isn't great, but I think he is pretty good at this type of track. Uh, the other bets that I have, and we'll wrap this up, a matchup between Alex Bowman and Kevin Harvick, minus 105. Kevin Harvick was an interesting one. He's ranked pretty high, and unfortunately, this was the first bet I made, and I did not change the track that they are racing at when I bet this. So I, Alex Bowman was pretty high last week, um, and he's okay here, but... It was pretty high last week. When I finished putting the numbers in, I didn't change the track that we're actually racing on. I showed Alex Bowman having a huge edge against Kevin Harvick. And um, so I bet it. And I talk about this all the time. Be careful what you bet. Make sure you're looking at the odds. Make sure you're being careful. I still make mistakes. I make a lot of mistakes. And uh, we're trying to get better. So there, there was another one. Um, and then as far, that was the only matchup. And as far as the top tens go, we got Eric Almirola, a lot of familiar names, Austin Dillon. That's my favorite play. Plus three forty. Eric Almirola's plus two thirty. We have Ross Chastain minus one twenty five in top ten. 
I've got him ranked eighth, and uh, I think he's. I think that's a good number for him to just get a solid finish. Brad Keselowski, top 10, plus 105. Not sure how I feel about that, but uh, he's certainly good at this track. It's just if he can get the car right and get moving. And then Chase Briscoe, top 10, plus 175. Chase Briscoe, uh, he's ranked, let's see, 15th. But uh, I think that's a little bit low even for him. Uh, last three years at this track, two top 10s. Two top 20s. Um, these are his only two top 10s at this track type in the last three years. His ratings are pretty good. And I think he'll have a nice little chance here to, to be decent. And so that is, uh, that's what I went with for this week. Kind of inter interesting mix of, of, guys but uh we'll see how it works out for us it's one of those things it's uh i really enjoy betting nascar i think it's a lot of fun i look forward to the race every single sunday so for those that think i was hating on nascar i certainly wasn't i look forward truly truly look forward to those every sunday maybe even more so i get it more of an excitement than i do for like oh god i can't say that never mind Never mind, never mind. <laughs> but I do get very excited to watch these races every Sunday. I really enjoyed the Bristol Dirt, like, night race, even though I couldn't stay up. Like, I could barely stay awake for it. I still really enjoyed it. And uh, I hope they do more of, more of those as we go along. But Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Please, over on Twitter, at Steady Picks underscore Tom. That's where we'll post the model. You can take a look at it and see what you think and all the other good stuff that we do. So take a look over there. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.